Hello and welcome to another episode of Aim on Cheering Fire Radio Podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, my good friend Sean Kildare. Um, and I decided to have him on because of the coronavirus epidemic and pandemic. And what we're going to talk about is um, a couple different simple questions that uh, he can answer as a nurse during this time. Um, questions like, how does it spread? How can you protect yourself? What's the best way to quarantine and social distance? What okay? What is okay and what isn't okay? What's the best way to keep yourself safe? What are the symptoms? Uh, at what point should you get tested if you're feeling sick? What is mass media currently getting wrong about the coronavirus? How is it different from other virus viruses? Is there any idea of a timeline uh, for things to return to normal? And just overall, I want to get his perspective, his perspective, because he's working in the medical field right now and what he sees out there on the front lines. So, um, thanks very much for Sean for joining us today. And without further ado, Nurse Sean Kildare. All right, welcome back to another episode. On today's episode, we have another illustrious special guest. We have Sean Kildare on to talk about the coronavirus. Thanks for coming on, Sean. Thanks, Amon. Hey, I'm super excited. I know um, <clears throat> last time I spoke to you was like basically a year from today. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the over-unders about MLB teams, so a little bit different circumstances. We should be like three days in the MLB season. Now we're talking about this virus that's affecting us all. Yeah, it's crazy so. how much can change just within one year. Because like you said, we're talking about MLB, and now who knows when that'll start. No, I know. Like, I should be like doing my fantasy picks right now. Like, I yeah. should check out my fantasy team. I should be like angry about the Mets. Like, the fact that I miss being angry about the Mets right now is just it's it's a little uh, eye opening at how much our lives can change just with one little thing like this. Yeah, that's one thing I realized. Just like I'll never take sports or anything else for granted yeah, again because exactly. I miss it yeah. so much. You know. All right, so let's get right into it. So my first okay. question that I want to ask is, how does this virus spread? Okay, so. Basically, the virus can spread through direct contact and through if we're like within six feet to three feet of each other and I sneeze and it's called droplet or airborne and you breathe in like my sneeze, my like particles that I like spit out basically and you inhale that and you can basically contract the virus as well. Um, I know like the virus basically can stay like up, up on clothes and bedding up to like four hours which is insane because you can touch someone's shirt and then you could like touch your mouth or your nose, your eye, and then you could basically get it. Um, but the good thing is like just um, simple soap and water has been shown to kill the virus. So as long as like we just like wash our hands, basically like you should be good to go. But um, the scary part is about this virus and how it's spreading is that people have it, but aren't showing symptoms. So like me and you could have it right now and I could go like kiss my grandma goodbye and I'd be like, oh, I don't have it. I'm not showing symptoms. And then my grandma can get it from me, even though I'm not showing symptoms. Um, it's, it's, a, it's why it basically spreads itself away from, like, all the other viruses like H1N1 and all that because people don't know they have it and they're going around spreading it. Right. So how long can people be asymptomatic and not show any symptoms while they're still carrying it? Yeah, up to two weeks. So that's why if um, someone comes in contact with somebody that – has this to say I come in contact, like we played basketball two weeks ago mm-hmm. or a week ago. No, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks and ago, I come yeah. in contact with you and then you you find out that you tested positive. I have to be on quarantine for 14 days from your test positive, your positive test result. So say I came in contact with you on March 1st and then you get your positive result on March 7th. From March 7th on, I have to be 14 days in quarantine. Not from March 1st, from March 7th, from when you got that test result. 
So that's why people are going nuts because they've been in quarantine for like almost three weeks now. Right. And yeah, they're not right. any symptoms and they, and they're thinking, what's the problem? I don't have any symptoms. Why can't I go outside? It's like, no, cause you still have it. You still carry so. it. Okay. So what's the best way to protect yourself against the coronavirus? Um, I mean, the easy answer for that is to self isolate. Okay. Like, but no one wants to stay inside all day. Like I do think it'd be nice for people like to go outside and go for a walk. As long as you're like outside in the fresh air and like you're away from people, you can go for a walk. Like I told my grandfather, like he's been home. He's literally been home for 14 days straight. He has no symptoms, nothing. Hasn't really been in contact with anybody, but he's going nuts. And we told him like, just go for a car ride. Like just mm-hmm. go like for a car ride, drive to town, like look at everyone walking around in town and just drive home. Like just get out of your house. Like if you're like, you don't have to, be like in a corner of your room like feeling bad for yourself like if you don't have any symptoms and you haven't come in contact with anybody just try to avoid people yes but like still like go outside and like get fresh air it's healthy right. that's one of the things i found really interesting is people coming up with creative ways like you said to to socialize while staying six feet apart like you see all those um things online with people like drinking in a circle six feet apart yep. and people like driving and um just like meeting in a parking lot just finding creative ways to um yeah to socialize my cousin um they were playing virtual beer pong yeah they had they were on zoom like we are right now and like him and his buddy had their cup set up and they had their cup set up and they were telling each other like they would throw it and they'd be like i right, hit that cup i like, take away that cup away and then they would take that cup away on their screen so people are being creative with it and we're so lucky with the technology we have with like as we're going like me and you right now we're doing this through zoom like like we're not together right now. And the fact that we're able to do this is amazing. Like, it's just interesting to think about like how much difficult this would be if we didn't have a technology back in the 1950s, like would yeah. people be going more crazy, you know, it's just makes you think. I definitely think they would because that's the only way I'm like staying sane through all this is being able to, you know, talk to my girlfriend without, without seeing her because her sister was studying abroad in Barcelona. And now she has to self isolating quarantine for going on two weeks. So, I definitely that's, didn't want to like meet up with her, even though she's the best and I love her, but I just can't, just can't risk it at this point. Oh yeah. And like, even back in the day, like they did have like radios and like, um, like, like way back before 1950s, like we're talking like the twenties or whatever, like they did have radio. So you still like, and like maybe a phone, like telephone, I don't know when that came around, but like, around there. Mm-hmm. But like, I think just seeing face to face, somebody actually seeing somebody, that's just like the human connection part of it. Um, like you can talk over the phone all you want and listen to somebody, but it's like a whole, like, that's like the John F. Kennedy thing. Like why he got elected is because he was like good looking. It's the first time, like it was all right. on TV yeah. and like, I think just seeing people face to face makes everything a lot easier for everyone. Right. So the next question I had was um, just an overall view on like quarantine and social distancing. What is okay and what isn't okay? Is it okay for me to go out on a run right now? Yeah. Like I definitely think it'd be for you to go out and go okay for a run. Like it's funny. I saw, I saw a tweet um, like yesterday or two days ago and it said, um, now I know why my dog gets so excited for walks. Yeah. Like, and that made me laugh. And I I think I retweeted it because like, and now you go outside and you see everyone walking around, you see everybody running around. Like you go in the preserve, it's packed. Like it's literally packed. It's probably like not safe for people to go walk in the preserve right now because there's a ton of people like in and out. Like I was within like at least a foot of at least 20 people when I went for a run like three days ago. It was, Mm -hmm. it was literally insane. So I think it's okay to go for a walk and to go outside and to run, go for a bike ride, but just try to like not be on top of each other. Like don't like, as long as you're with like away from six people from the six feet away from people for the most part, 
you should be generally safe. And if you just go home and wash your hands and take care of yourself, you should be safe. Um, I don't think, I really don't think it's healthy for people just to be bottled up inside mm-hmm. before, like during this quarantine and lockdown. Like you can go to the grocery store, you can get food, just take precautions. Like you don't need to wear a mask. Like I see people going to the store wearing masks. Like that's unnecessary. You don't have to wear a mask. If you just wash your hands, stay away from people for the most part, you would be okay. Yeah, that's one thing that makes it so hard from the way I look at it because um, obviously it'll be tough physically to be within like less than six feet of someone, but mentally right. you're just going crazy staying staying at home. So it's no, yeah, and it's like, sword. and it makes it makes you think like how much more time do we all have on our hands right now? So are people exercising because we have more times on our hands, or are people exercising because? we're going crazy because we're all inside and like, we can't go to the bars, drink on Fridays and Saturday nights. And we can't go like to the driving range anymore or bowling anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, like, what, like, what do you, what do you think it is? Do you think it's people are going nuts or do you think that we don't, we're not spending an hour and a half commuting every day and we're not working like the exact 40 to 50 hours a week. What do you think? I know for me, it's uh, just a good way to relieve stress and blow off some steam. Like, um, we do have more time, but I try to run every day anyway. But now I really feel like I need to run because I need to, like, relieve stress. Like, over the past couple of weeks before this got serious, I was running, like, three or four days a week. And now I've ran, like, seven days in a row. So I think for me, I just – I got to get out there and clear my mind. Right. Yeah, and, like, that's – that makes it interesting. Like, so when I first saw everybody out in the Mass Speaker Preserve, I was like, oh, it's definitely because people have more time on their hands. They're not – like if you take away like five, like an hour and a half of commuting every day for five days a week, that's an insane amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's like up to like seven and a half hours, right? So yeah, it's like that's a crazy mm-hmm. amount of time. Mm-hmm. No, it's probably like yeah, it's probably seven. seven no, you got it. Yeah, six, seven, whatever. But <clears throat> as in so much more time you have on your hands, and if you're home, like you like you can like work basically and cook at the same time for some people and they could you save so much more time because you're not only commuting for an hour and 40 like hour and a half hour 45 minutes you have to wake up get changed like shave shower you have to do all that like now like people can just roll out of bed like going downstairs and go to work basically so but also is it just because people are inside going nuts i don't know and that's what i'm trying to figure out yeah, that's for sure. I, that's one thing I liked about working from home. Obviously, I can't do my job as effectively, but just for me personally, I can just roll out of bed five minutes before I have to start working, and it's yeah. just kind of really nice. All right, so um, the next question I had was, uh, what are the symptoms? Yeah, so there's there's a ton of symptoms like in a wide variety right now, but the three symptoms that we are testing that require testing are a cough, a dry cough, so mm-hmm. if you're coughing up like phlegm or mucus, you probably have an infection. So most likely a dry cough is related to the coronavirus, um, difficulty breathing or shortness of breath. So also known as respiratory symptoms and a fever over 100.4. If you have one of those symptoms, if you have one of those symptoms and you're over the age of 65, you have asthma, you have COPD, congestive heart failure, diabetes, or any type of immunocompromised underlying condition you're going to be tested because those are the high risk populations and those are the populations that it's affecting the most um deadly um it's like basically the complete opposite of what we have with h1n1 because h1n1 was affecting young people and that's the and swine that, flu yeah swine and flu. that's what that's what was affecting um the, that was affecting it was all affecting like us i remember us being kid like friends my friends getting it like getting it 
Um, and this is the really complete opposite. Um, but yeah, the three, but like, I've also getting a lot of calls about people losing sense of taste and smell. And, um, so that's a new and upcoming symptom that like you're starting to see a little bit more articles being, um, right about, I know in South Korea, they said two out of every three cases, two out of every three, they didn't have, they had, they lost their sense of smell and taste. So I think that's really interesting. You're definitely going to hear more about that um, coming up, I think, in the next few days or a week. Okay, yeah. So those are the things to look out for, shortness of breath. I was hearing, um, like, the test, you hold your breath for 10 seconds, and if you cough, you might – is that a yeah. valid test? Yeah, that, that's a test just to determine, all right, like, maybe I should get looked at. Maybe I mm-hmm. should get further evaluation. That's no um, – It's not definite. That's not definite, yeah. So at first, um, if for those of you who don't know, right now I was um I was supposed to be a regist- I'm a registered nurse and I was supposed to be in the NICU, but they needed people to work the coronavirus hotline um because they're speaking flood and they've been losing calls because of how much how flood it's been. So they took all the new graduate nurses and they put us all into this call center and um so I've been working the call center and at first we were testing people who had who had direct exposure to somebody, confirmed direct exposure to somebody who had a positive case and had one symptom. And that's what we were testing. And then we realized that we were losing basically all of our tests because so many people have been in contact with somebody and so many people had symptoms. And this is right now allergy season. So a ton of people have a dry cough and a ton of people have like a little bit of shortness of breath because of, you know, <clears throat> what's going on with the pollen and everything. But, um, but now the criteria is what I said before. It's to be over age 65, um, so some type of immunocompromised, and you have to have one of those symptoms. So that's it's crazy how much that's changed in less than like two weeks of the testing criteria. So the criteria is you have to be either over 65, immunocompromised, and at least one symptom right now? Yeah, right now. Tested. So you don't need to have any direct exposure to anybody to be tested, which is um, changing. And they're also favoring testing people who are um, – essential workers like healthcare workers or police officers because right now a ton of the ton of them are getting affected and they're running low so that's why they're trying to balance out um like it's just frustrating when you get like like a kid our age who gets it and then they try to call and get a test but like there's really no treatment like the best thing you can do is just stay home like drink fluids and stay isolated like if you got a testing's not gonna if you don't have any underlying conditions you're most likely going to be okay yeah that's so. one thing so like let's say i get it and i'm healthy mm-hmm. kid 23 years old i right. can just stay in without any medicine and be okay yeah so like they're not really treating anybody with <laughs> they have like no confirmed treatment i know it's like talks about the anti-malaria drug which i'm sure you've heard about mm-hmm. um but that's not that's not confirmed by the cdc yet but i, I think they're close from what i've been hearing um <clears throat> but for the most part like young people if you don't have any underlying conditions and you think you have it like the best thing you could probably do is just stay home drink fluids like you could take tylenol for that fever um if you feel chest congestion like and you don't have like any other not taking other meds like don't be afraid to take a mucinex um but like for the most part like that's why they know that if a 30 year old comes gets tested they gets tested positive it means nothing because they're just going to send them home to be isolated. If a 30-year-old has asthma, congestive heart failure, and they get it, they should be tested immediately because they're not difficulty breathing, and they may be in the ICU in less than 24 hours. Right, okay. So that's that's the whole thing. That's why everyone's telling young people just to stay inside because, like, 
it's not necessarily, I know there are been a few yeah. cases of like a healthy 30 year old, like getting deadly ill, but for the most part, it's just affecting just that, that population, the high risk population, which I mentioned. Okay. So the next question was, um, when should someone get tested? So we kind of went over that, but, um, right. also what I wanted to go into, what is the, what does the test entail? What does the test entail? Yeah. Like what so, is the test? Yeah. So, um, Right now, the DOH is testing in Jones Beach and Stony Brook. Those are, be- those are both drive-through. Um, and right, right now, Northwell is just a, is a private entity, so they're just basically doing the walk-in clinics and some evaluation locations. And basically, what they're doing is they're doing a nasal swab or an oral swab. That's, okay. that's basically it. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing more to it. And the biggest problem is that the testing is taking forever. Like It takes, takes five to seven days for people to get the results back. Um, so like sometimes people are already feeling better before they get the results back. Right. So that's why it's like, all right, like yeah. what are we doing here? It's, it's the catch 22 with this whole issue with this, um, with this virus. Yeah. One thing, I don't know if you saw it, it was actually um, a pretty like good idea of what to expect during your, while you're getting tested was uh, KFC radio had like some of the symptoms, uh, Kevin Clancy KFC. So yeah, he went to one of the, he went to like a center and you saw like the nasal swab and everything. So I thought that was yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, and like he's like another one. Like I, I get he has kids, but like, does that, do you think he has any underlying conditions? Like, no, no, he's him finding right. out like what's going to do that. I, he's probably in the New Rochelle area, though, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that may be why they may have tested all of them. But like, it just drives me nuts when I see like basically the whole NBA get tested when well, other people can't. When seventy percent of them don't have any symptoms, like it just drives me nuts. Like Kevin Durant gets tested, he tests positive, he has no symptoms. Like, why is he even getting tested? Like, come on, just like go in your corner, go in your mansion house and just stay away from people. Like yeah. you don't really need to know like what, like what makes you any better just because you have money in your NBA player that like somebody who's having difficulty breathing and like, right now, like is having a hard time getting a test. Yeah. These are like the, the healthiest guys like in the best shape in the entire world. And they're the most able to get tested when they have no underlying um, symptoms. Exactly. And that, that's the exact, and like, there's also like, they're, they're trying to hold off um, elective surgeries right now too, because of how, low they are on supplies if you have elective surgery you need all like the ventilators and all that stuff on backup because you have no idea if somebody's gonna get anesthesia like a reaction and they may go under and like something may happen they may go into respiratory distress when they get anesthesia so the fact that noah Syndergaard got an m got a um tommy john tommy john drives me absolutely sickening the fact that they use those masks and use that equipment that can be used for other people right now who don't have it and i'm probably dying and this guy need to get his Tommy John when they're probably not going to have a full – when they're not going to even have half a baseball season this year. So stuff like that, that really gets me frustrated. Um, just be, But that just basically goes down to the American healthcare system at its moment. So Yeah, it's just like all these valuable, um, scarce resources, and they're using that for a guy that can get Tommy John at any time. Exactly, and that's the whole issue. And then it makes that all comes back to the fact that, like, we're relying on China for everything. If something like this happens and China's giving us all our products, we're screwed. Right. So like, so I know this is something you had strong opinions about. And, um, what do you think massive media is getting wrong at this point? Yeah, honestly, like I think for the most part, I really do. I think for the most part, the media has been pretty fair, honestly, about this whole situation. Um, just, I am not a huge fan of how, Trump is handling all of this, and you know how I feel. I think most people who are listening to this know how I feel um, regarding politics. I'm usually pretty expressive about how I feel. I stand up to what I believe in. Mm-hmm. But 
I like that being said, I can call out what I don't like. And with him, I don't like how he's handling this. I think that when I remember, I literally remember playing basketball with you a week, like two weeks ago. And I saw all those kids on the playground. I'm like, that is not good. I was like that. I remember saying that to him. Like, I don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, all those kids like sharing around of what's going on. Like, and maybe like three days later that the whole state went on like quarantine and lockdown. Right. So going forward from that, I always thought that the travel ban should have been implemented much, much earlier. And I said that, and I said, I was like, this is going to blow up. This is going to blow up. Like I, I, at first, when I first heard it, I thought it was going to be like, like Ebola. I thought it was going to be one of those when I first heard it. And I saw China going through the roofs. So I'm like, this is bad. And I right. knew it was going to be bad. And he put the travel ban up and I was pretty pissed of how late he put it up. But then the media started saying how he's racist for putting the travel ban up. It's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, come on, like we're just trying to protect the American people. And now the media is saying he's not doing enough protecting the American people. So now it's like, what are we doing here? Are we mad at him for um, like calling him a racist for not putting the travel ban up? Or are we mad that, He's not doing enough for the American people and not keeping us quarantined enough. So it's like whatever, like, but other than that whole situation, which I'm like furious, that makes me mad. I think pretty much everyone's been pretty fair about what's going on. Like you're like, you're going to get the CNN, you're going to get the Fox news. And I think both of them have been pretty fair about um, the whole way the country has been handling it regarding the state. I at first enjoyed what Como was doing. Um, mm-hmm regarding i at first i was like i was like okay he's not he's not doing bad like i like he's going on tv every day and then i do realize he's also dealing with a disastrous mayor in de blasio right, <laughs> i'm trying right, to get right. too political i'm starting no, trying no, to be strict no, no. as much as possible but i think um, i don't think he's doing a poor job but i don't know how to put this in words um but new york also is the biggest hot spot right now on the western hemisphere if you go on the Western Hemisphere, North America, South America, we right now where me and you're living right now, Amon, is mm-hmm. the biggest coronavirus hotspot, and right. that's freaking scary. And we need it didn't what we didn't have the first confirmed case here. The first confirmed case was out west, and right. they have a lot less than us. And I know we're in New York City, but LA's doing okay. All those cities are doing okay right now. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying they're doing their best, but I know New York City has. I know I understand the circumstances of how big New York City is and how much we're all connected in New York City. I just think everything should have been implemented a lot quicker with the bans and the quarantines and putting everything on shutdown. I just wish it was all done quicker. And I do understand that New York is also giving a lot more cases out, tests out. Mm-hmm. So as a result, gonna there's going to be a lot more confirmed cases compared to everyone else. Right, yeah. So sure. that's the whole catch-22 with this whole thing. Um, he's probably doing a lot better than what I could personally do. Right. So I really can't say. Yeah, but doesn't mean you what, can't. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, maybe I just need like a non-medical opinion. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So in terms of uh, Cuomo, like versus Trump, I like that Cuomo was upfront about it and took it seriously, and you could see him on TV just being honest with people. So that's what right. I liked, and I agree with yeah, you. That's, that's why I like too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that he was upfront and addressed the issue head on instead of like kind of what Trump did is he's continues to downplay it. So that's what's yep. really frustrating. Like, yeah, Trump's like, we had it taken care of, like, don't worry about it. And now he's like, all right, this is a big deal. Like, let's put my pants in charge of it. He's basically like um, backpedaling, essentially. So Yeah, exactly. He's like, at first said we have all under control. And I was like, we probably don't. Do we? Really? And yeah. we, did, we don't. Like, I'm in the healthcare system right now, and I know exactly yeah. what everything's going through. And they were not ready for this. Mm-hmm. 
They did not take this seriously. It is a, it was a, the first week, it was an absolute mess. They were not ready. Right. Yeah. That's one thing that scares me about New York City is how densely populated it is. And you can just see it like a virus spreading like, like wildfire. It was that one, it was one week too many. It was mm-hmm. one, it was that one week when everyone went to work. They were starting to shut, they were starting to shut things. Newer show was on complete lockdown and people were still going to work. Mm-hmm. And I, I just knew I'm like this, like this, like we're going to get through this. Like we are, right. but just, I feel like this could have been a lot more contained um, than, what, than what we're all going through right now. Yeah. And that's the <clears> thing. <throat> like, I think at the end of the day, we'll get through this, but right now we have to minimize as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be annoying. And unfortunately more people are going to lose their lives. And that makes me, that like crumbles my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish like we could do more. Um, I don't know. It's right. just, I'm like, it's, I just, it, it makes me sad. Sorry. Yeah, just, that's all right. I know. I tell you. Thank you. Um, so what makes this different and worse than other viruses? Yeah, the, the biggest difference is that people don't think they have it and they go around spreading it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's literally what it – that's why it's so much different. That's why everything's on lockdown and quarantine because people don't know they have it. And um, we have young people like us who are idiots and um, we right, go outside. Go on spring break. And, <laughs> yeah. and do stupid stuff. Um, <clears throat> and just basically if we're if not everyone's on board with um, isolating for the most part, um, just try to stay inside as much as you can. Then, um it's it could it's gonna keep going and it's gonna keep prolonging it. Um, like the more young people that that can stay inside and um, stay away, um, the quicker it's all gonna get taken care of. Um, I saw something online. It's like I think it's like a two to three percent death ratio right now. And um, if I give you a hundred skittles, and I told you like yeah, I saw that. Two yeah. or three of those skittles will kill you. Will you eat the skittles? None. none no, like heck no. So like, just like you know, like don't take the chance. Like. Protect your grandma, protect your grandpa. Yeah, you gotta. Right for now, as much as you can. I saw that Nike quote. It was like, um, if you ever want to, if you ever wanted a chance to play for the world, now is your chance. Play for the world, play inside. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, so you know, that was a, that was interesting. That was an interesting case because I don't know if I agree with that, like a hundred and ten percent, because you can still play outside away from people. Yeah, I think it's more the idea of like, yeah. now's your chance yeah. to help the world by doing the right thing. Yeah, just like yeah, let's let's all join together. And the interesting part of it is that it's like this is like kind of bringing the whole world together for the most part. Um, I know we're competing with other countries right now for like ventilators and stuff and like yeah. masks, but like it's like wars have been quiet right now, like. You don't have any issues like with Iran with that big Iran scare. Like that was like the World War Three. We haven't heard yeah, about that. Like World War Three. It's crazy how much everyone can come together for the most part, and everything can be kind of put on pause when, um, like the human race like realizes a big uh, issue on our hands. Right, because the virus doesn't discriminate and doesn't have a like a nationality. So when that happens, right. when there's like a common enemy, we can all focus on. We all kind of come together, which is yeah. I guess, a silver lining. Exactly, and that can come to the same argument like, oh, is it called the Wuhan virus? Like, you know, like, come on now, like, we understand, like, how the virus came from, like, we do get that the Chinese probably downplayed it and all that, and, like, but, like, yeah, it did come from China, but, like, when the swine flu was around, like, wasn't that from, like, like, North American pigs and farms and stuff like yeah, that? Like, no, no one called no the one American called swine flu, or, you know, yeah. so, I, I'm a, I don't know, but, um, like, we all can, we all can pick at China right now about how they deal with it and it's probably downplay it. 
Yeah. It's the yeah, easy thing to do like, right now is pick on China, but that doesn't really help anyone. Yeah, and, like, they suck, and they did handle it terribly, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> but, like, it's here now. Like, stop, like, saying, like, oh, it's a broken system. Like, this sucks. Like, everything stinks. Like, it's China's fault. Deal with it. Like, we're here. Like, like stop nitpicking. Like, it's everyone's fault right now. Yeah, let's take care of it now. Mm-hmm. We got to come together. So I'm going to put you on the spot. And, uh, yep. So, uh, do you have any idea of a timeline for things returning to normal? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I know the goal is Easter. I don't think the goal is going to be Easter. So what, what's the date of Easter? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, it's like middle, it's, uh, middle April. It is, uh, uh, let me get the exact day. It's I think it's the second Sunday. Yeah. It's April 12th. Okay. Second Sunday of Easter. Um, it's going to go, this is going to go through April. Um, the whole thing is we're not going to get back to normal until we probably have at least like one to two weeks of like normalcy of like zero to like very little cases. Mm-hmm. So now they just start to go to normalcy. Um, we're going to go through April with this. Um, I don't think it's going to be done anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would middle of June, probably, um, okay. sometime end of May, we may get some sort of normalcy back. Some things may start opening. It's going to come in dosages. Um, it's not, and it's not all going to be like, all right, like let's open all restaurants, let's open all bowling alleys and movie theaters. It's like going to be slowly, everything just start to be like start to slowly open. Okay, so that's like the parameter for when things will open again, when there's like no new cases, so that when things will start to open. Yeah, but it's not going to be no new cases because you're always going to have cases. That's the mm-hmm. problem. Like we're not going to get rid of this. It's always going to be there unless they get some sort of cure. Mm-hmm. Um, if a vaccine comes out, <clears throat> that's going to be big, or like one of the treatments comes out, that could for that could make it go quicker as long as we don't have that we're still going to be going at slow like incline slow incline slow incline so we keep going up until um our hard-working scientist in medical field get something together then then that's gonna once something comes out then it's gonna be rapid from there okay. um but i have a feeling like it seems like it from what they talk and it's always talk we're gonna be close um it sounds like they're close but you never know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So before we go on, I just want to thank you for being out there on the front lines and um, just I'm not on hard. the front line, man. That's not me. Yeah, but you you get the idea. You're in the hospital. You you're working the phone line. So no matter what you're doing, you're you're one of the main people who are helping right now. So just want to say thank you for that. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not doing much right now, but um, the real the real people who are like are dealing with the coronavirus people, like the coronavirus cases those are the uh like the co-exteriors yeah um, my cousin emily she's like has a few cases those are like the uh <clears throat> the real heroes right now my sister she's a grocery store clerk cashier mm-hmm. right now she goes to work every day she's disabled she goes to work she's our hero yeah uh, absolutely yeah she's interacting with people and people need their yeah. food so absolutely yeah so, and like three days ago they finally put like a shield in front of her so that's like, good yeah she, home, so, no. so we can record for 30 minutes at a time so we're going to take a quick pause right here all right, sounds good. All right, we're back after that quick break. And what I wanted to ask you, like, what was it like before you got sent home from the hospital um, to work from home? Yeah, so um, you go through four and a half years of nursing school. You study for this test for a month and a half. Um, you take this test, one of the hardest tests of my life. You take the test. You walk out. You think you failed. Everyone thinks that. You find out two days later you passed. Nice. You're like, all right, now time to go in the hospital. I want to change lives. I'm so excited to get some good hands-on experience, have my own room, take care of my patients, give meds on my own, do everything on my own. Basically, I made it. I did it. You hear this virus come out. You're like, all right, like maybe it'll postpone it. Like maybe it'll delay it a little bit. 
And then you get an email from like top executives at my company that I work for. And they basically say, um, we are getting absolutely flooded on the phone call lines for coronavirus. We have a 50% drop rate on our calls. So that means if they get a thousand calls in an hour, five, they were losing 500 callers. So like 500 people hang up. But no, not 500 people hang up. The system was getting so flooded that oh, they would lose connection. Wow. They were like on hold for like an hour and a half and lose it. And they're usually, supposedly they said they're usually at like two to 3% um, people lose connection. So they said, we need nurses on the phone lines. We need cl- clinicians on the phone lines. We can't just have tele- like telemarketers. We can't just have regular people on the phone lines. We need people who like know the symptoms, know what's going on, know how to get, know how to get people like over-the-counter drugs and recommend, like we need you guys on the front, like on the phone lines. And we need the people, the nurses to do their overtime work in the hospital. <laughs> right. Because like, like what they had, they had the nurses doing their overtime shifts. Yeah, some nurses doing overtime shifts for the phone lines. So like we need the overtime nurses in the hospital because now we're the hospitals are getting flooded with emergency department and everything. So so they said, all right. So we came in on the we came in on the first day. We went to the hospital. They gave us a brief training. They all gave us our laptops and headsets, and they're like, all right, like. That's it. Like until further notice, you guys wow. are working it. So that was hard to swallow because your first two and a half years, I made it. I'm 22 years old. I'm a registered nurse, and I was so excited to finally do this. And now I'm working from home, and I'm an active person. I like walking around. I like doing stuff. I'm very handy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like moving around. And now I'm like sitting at a like table in a chair and taking phone calls. And worked 14, thir- worked 13 days in a row, but it wasn't that bad because I knew like people needed me. And that's what I started to learn to accept. I was helping people in a different way. That's all I really wanted to do with nursing. i never wanted to go into business or anything like that. Um, I just always wanted to help people basically. And I knew it was a good profession, stable profession for the most part. Um, I'm just helping people in a different way, just comforting people. You get calls. Um, sorry. It's just like, you get some calls, man. And it's just like, these people are so scared and you have to call like, you have to call 911 for some people and you have to get ambulance to them. You're the lifeline. It's just, yeah, it's people call you like for help and you're there for them. You have to comfort them and they're scared. And it's just different. It's a different type of nursing care that I'm giving. And that's what I'm starting to accept. I'm st- um, and working for 13, working 13 days in a row, like wasn't so bad. Cause I know people needed it. They need, like, I don't want people waiting an hour and a half on a phone line for having difficulty breathing, right. you know? Yeah. So that's why this is my first office since March 16th. So. Um, you learned it. Yeah. So it's just, it's just different. And I'm finding it rewarding in a different way. And I'm starting to accept that at first it was a little, it was a tough pill to swallow, but you hear these people and you're there for them. And you do get the people who are like, I'm entitled to a test. Like I'm a human being. Like, why don't I get a test? And you have to try to explain to them, like, we only have a limited amount of tests. Trust me. If it was up to me, everyone would get a test. Like, just please like do it for society. Like <laughs> the high risk population yeah. needs it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm definitely in the same boat as you because, um, I recently, uh, started doing like street outreach work in my internship. Yep. And I was really looking forward to like getting out in the streets and helping people like face to face. And now I'm same boat, like forced to work from home, forced to just make calls. But at the same time, I'm still helping people and helping people like we've been organizing, um, getting masks out to like different homeless shelters where people like tightly, tightly populated. 
That is awesome. So I should say thank you to you too. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're welcome. And thank you again. But yeah, it's just uh, like, it was different. I was in the same boat. Like I was kind of disappointed that I wasn't able to get, get out there uh, in person and be on the front lines, but we're helping in different ways. So that's what you got to remember. Like this is where people need us right now. No, for sure. And you can definitely relate because like you worked hard. Like I had a few, like, I had a few like um like stumbles along my way. You had stumbles in your mm-hmm. way too. Like I transferred, you had your stumbles too. You transferred too, and we made it. Like we finally made it. And right. we're both I'm, like you can write. Tell me how excited you were. You finally like all right. I finally get to do this. Yeah. You know? Yep. It was like leading up to this this point. I been doing things <laughs> I didn't want to do, and all that hard work lead up to this great opportunity that I was finally able to do something I was really interested in, and then all of a sudden just gets taken away from you. But same time this is this is what has to be done like it's bigger than us it is bigger than us um actually no i don't think it's bigger than us i think like as a whole all of us i think we're bigger than the virus (laughs) (laughs) all right not to to be cliche but um i I think i really i but i i understand your concept that we're the lucky ones right now you know like right now we're the lucky ones and this isn't as bad as it as it is um i know it sucks and a lot of people are complaining, but a lot of people have it worse than us right now. Yeah. And we understand that. And I think everyone's coming together for the most part. Um, everyone's doing their part. Um, it's just going to be interesting too. Also, how the um, economy bounces back from this and um, the stock market and all that. That's a whole different podcast, though. Maybe you get Stevie for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve. Steve is our business guy. You're our medical guy. So, but yeah, I think um, that's what's important. We all got to come together, work together. Um, don't see this as something that got taken away from you. Look at just for everyone, not just for you and me, but look at it as an opportunity to be creative, read that book, watch that movie, watch that TV series, um, start that podcast, start that novel, American novel. So yeah, that's about it. Thank you very much. And thank you for all you do. Yeah. There's definitely room for self-improvement for everybody during this time. Um, like you can cut, you can like, and like you can easily, um, like read upon like what's going on like online mm-hmm. just turn on tv like i know it's everywhere like i need to take a break from it a lot because it's my whole life and then i also need to stay up on it by watching the news because i need to know what's going on <laughs> when people call me right. so like this be like almost all day every day my life's around coronavirus um even this podcast <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> my whole life revolves around this, this damn virus but um it, it's you know i'm fortunate enough we are both fortunate enough that we're not affected by it right now knocking on wood um and we're also everyone's giving back in some sort of way and i truly believe that yeah and i think everyone we have um the athletes coming like all the athletes are understanding what's going on um the celebrities eh, they're all right yeah they all sang us a song, I guess. They had a video, but... Yeah, that was whatever. But They all get their tests because they're asymptomatic, and that's a pot pissing me off. But on a, on a positive note, um, it's amazing and beautiful how society is basically coming together. I drove through town the other day, and there's a big truck. I don't know if you saw it. Massapequa Park Town. There's mm-hmm. a big truck with a big poster board right when you drive through saying thank you to our grocery, our mail people, our sanitation department, yep. our nurses, doctors, medical staff. And um, that was beautiful, you know? it's beautiful everyone's coming together yeah when you get the chance you gotta run by um like the lake next to sunrise they put up like different uh paintings Brady. and art did you see that Brady, yeah 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 that's yeah. awesome beautiful over there yeah all right uh thank you for coming on um and just on a closing note just don't think about how bad it is now think about how great it is when we can return to doing normal things and just giving your friends a hug and knowing that we got through it together 
Amen to that, Iman. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for listening.